Hey Jeepers, in this week's XJ Talk Show, we find out what's going on with the ZJ fuel tank fix, we hear about the return of the Grand Wagoneer, and some other potential new Jeeps in the lineup. We share some voicemails, say hey to some YouTube subscribers, and we take some live calls too. I talk about a trail assessment hike during my recent wheeling trip, and announce an unfortunate new chapter in my Honda saga. All that, we hear about some high-tech seat covers from Rob and All Things Wrangler in this week's XJ Talk Show. This just in to the XJ Talk Show News Desk. Crazy Florida man attacks three women with sword and a peanut butter sandwich. Full story coming up right after this. Today's podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or even your MP3 player. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free, tri- free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash xjtalkshow. Bienvenidos al XJ Talk Show, un podcast acerca de aventuras off-road en Jeep Cherokees y entrevistas con los que manejan y mueven el mundo de las carreras off-road. Ahora, aquí están sus presentadores, Tony y Josh. Welcome to episode 128. I had to think about it for a second. Well, these all these 120s are kind of blending in. I'm looking forward to, you know, the numbers changing to that next digit, Josh. Yeah, I can hear you there, Tony. I almost forgot what episode we were doing all together earlier this evening. They're a lot of fun. I look forward to this, especially when I've had enough sleep. Do you know I didn't take a nap? I've actually been this whole week, I think. I've been sleeping normal, at least, uh, you know, uh, getting up and then staying up till 10, 11 o'clock. Now, mm-hmm. I, might start, I might start fading at any minute because I've been going to bed about 10 o'clock. I got a Red Bull heading your way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know if that's a threat or what, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to be doing a little live calls tonight. Uh, that is, if there's anybody that calls in. I know we already have one caller uh, that's been here for the last hour or so, chatting it up with uh, with me and a little bit with Josh uh, when he pulled in uh, about 15 minutes ago. So uh, hoping to be doing that. And, uh, well, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll give you guys that call-in line number here in just a little bit. So stick around for that. Get your cell phone ready. Hope to talk to you here very soon. Hey, this is the XJ Talk Show, a podcast about Jeep Cherokees, off-roading, and the tech that you need to get you there and back. We're here to promote the web's most premier website for all that is the <laughs> all is the Jeep Cherokee, xjtalk.com, the friendliest, most helpful Jeep site on the web. xjtalk.com encourages and answers all the questions and concerns that the first-time XJ owners typically have without flaming or criticism all while giving you the best, most in-depth articles and write-ups for the repairs and modifications that take your average XJ to the next level. Now get ready. It's the XJ Talk Show, and it starts right now. First Week in G. Well, the ZJs are finally getting a backbone. Okay, it's just a trailer hitch, but still. Chrysler Group suppliers this week will begin manufacturing trailer hitch assemblies to protect fuel tanks on some older model Jeeps, namely the ZJ Grand Cherokees, nearly a year after the automaker agreed to fix the allegedly fire-prone SUVs. You guys probably remember me reporting on this. Did a number of stories on how the uh, the, uh, ZJs were getting rear-ended and, well, bursting into flames. Some people died, unfortunately, but it became a big deal. Even the uh, NHTSA got involved. 
The hitch assemblies for the 1993 to 98 Jeep Grand Cherokees and the 2002 to 2007 Jeep Liberties are expected to be at dealerships later this summer, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, at least. Now, dealers will be installing the assemblies for free on the SUVs under a settlement reached last year between Chrysler and the NHTSA that covers an estimated 1.56 million vehicles between the two different platforms. Chrysler took a $151 million hit in the second quarter last year to pay for this campaign. The assemblies are mounted on three sides and around the gasoline tanks. They will help shield the tanks in low-energy crashes, Chrysler says. The company says that service techs will need a new tool, which is being made by a supplier for the installation. A Chrysler spokesman declined to identify what that tool was or exactly how it works. In early June 2013, the NHTSA demanded that Chrysler recall 2.7 million Jeeps, which the agency said had an elevated incidence of fires from high-energy rearing collisions. Chrysler disputed the finding, saying the SUVs were not defective and met the standards applicable to at the time that they were built. Ultimately, Chrysler CEO Sergio Marchione negotiated a deal with the NHTSA to end the agency's formal request for a recall. Under the deal, dealerships will inspect the older Jeeps and install Mopar hitch assemblies on vehicles that lack them. Chrysler said it will contact consumers to schedule inspections. It said delays were caused by having, quote, to find and enlist multiple new supplier partners who require time to acquire the necessary tooling, which means a fancy way of selling, hey, we had to, uh, or a saying, we had to sell these fancy new tools that we're making. The automaker said its engineers had to, quote, develop new installation protocols to ensure the hitch assemblies are installed correctly on the vehicles, which will be in various stages of repair or disrepair if your Grand Cherokee might be in the salt belt. Seriously, guys, I, you know, I installed a hitch on a Grand Cherokee last summer, and all I needed was a basic set of hand tools, but who am I to judge? Bottom line, the Jeep Grand Cherokees may save their reputation from being lumped in to that of the Ford Pinto. Hey, it's official. The Grand Wagoneer will return eventually. Now, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles have announced that it will release a new Jeep Grand Wagoneer by 2018. The vehicle is expected to arrive at dealerships in the fall of 2018, an exact release date has not been decided yet. Customers can expect the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer to be a top-of-the-line three-row version of the Jeep Grand Cherokee, according to the automaker. Pricing was not announced at, uh, by the automaker during the big announcement, and you can expect the base price to be revealed closer to the vehicle's release date. It's pretty much the same thing on par that they did with the, with the, uh, the Renegade. Now, the automaker expects to, uh, that the revived Grand Wagoneer to compete with similar vehicles like the Chevrolet Traverse, the GMC Arcadia, the Buick Enclave, and amongst other vehicles. A number of other future Jeep project plans were announced as, uh, this week as well. Among the plans produced or announced, the automaker includes a single replacement for the Jeep Compass and Patriot, an unnamed vehicle set to be released sometime in the spring of 2016. Now, had this story come out a month ago, guys, I would have sworn that vehicle they're talking about would have been the new 2015 Jeep Renegade. But it seems like Jeep is keeping an ace up their sleeve with this one. If it's anything like their last two new vehicle debuts, that card may turn out to be more of a joker than an ace. Now, there's a next-generation Jeep Wrangler SUV, which is expected to re be released sometime in spring 2017. Oh, I can't wait to see what that's going to be like. <laughs> and the Jeep Cherokee will be refreshed with a slight redesign in the fall of 2016. Interested customers can expect a completely redesigned Jeep Grand Cherokee to be released sometime in the fall of 2017. The new Jeep Renegade, commonly referred to as the Baby Jeep, which I have been reporting on at length about will debut later this year as you guys know it also will reportedly receive a minor renovation in mid 2017 all very exciting news as far as uh, jeep is concerned it appears they are striving to remake their lineup in the hopes of global domination 
Yeah. In any case, you guys uh, stay tuned with This Week in Jeep, and I'll be reporting on all this stuff as it comes out. If you'd like to submit a story to be aired on This Week in Jeep, just like John did with our first story, or have a response to any one of our stories that I've mentioned on the show, please send an email to newstips at xjtalk.com. xjtalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to xjtalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJ Talk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Hey, this is Tim from Jeep Tubes, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Mm, yeah, I guess green Jeeps are okay. Well, we want to take a moment here to welcome our newest YouTube subscribers. We're up to 496, just a hair's breadth away of 500, Josh. Just a bit outside. <laughs> All right, couldn't, couldn't be helped. Yeah, guys, we're going to hit that 500 mark next episode, so uh, I'm fairly certain I'll make a big deal about that some way or another. Hey, guys, four names new on this list. If you don't hear your name right away, stick around. Uh, you know, we only pick four out of the list every week, and there's no particular order. Uh, it's bound to, bound to be determined to hear your name sooner or later. So first on the list, Joshua G. Martinez. And we've got Larry Williams. Tyler Marion, or Marion. Uh, and, ooh, Marcus Powell. You know what? The best thing about these names, I can read them all. Yes, now there's a there's been a few where we've had to struggle with them a little bit, but nonetheless, guys, thank you very much for your subscription, and please tell a friend. Yes, yes, youtube.com slash xjtalk. Well, this part of the XJ Talk Show is brought to you by audible.com. If you like podcasts, there's a good chance you'll like audiobooks too, especially if you're busy like we are and don't have time to read all those pesky books. Besides, reading a book in traffic is bad for your health. Audible.com has over 150,000 titles across any imaginable topic, from tech to sci-fi, fiction to fantasy, and yes, they even have some Jeep stuff too. To get you started, the XJ Talk Show has your hookup. Just go to audibletrial.com slash xjtalkshow and instantly get one free title of your choice. That's right, anything you want for free. Who says you can't get something for nothing, huh? That's audibletrial.com slash xjtalkshow. I'll add, uh, if you uh, do get uh, signed up with Audible uh, Audible Books through audibletrial.com slash xjtalkshow, please call our voicemail or our live call-in line and let us know what you think about it. Uh, what's, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly? Heck, you guys can even drop us a tweet or post up on Facebook as well. We'd love to hear about what book you just got. So as we approach the favorite section that <laughs> for Josh and I, the chit-chat section, oh boy. <laughs> I will... Direct your uh, uh, eyes if you're uh, watching the YouTube or you're here live uh, on our broadcast every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central Time uh, on YouTube. Uh, there is the call-in number that is scrolling at the bottom of your screen. So uh, that might actually be a, a little bit behind uh, my words, but uh, I think you'll see them soon enough. So call that number. Uh, once you've dial dialed that number, uh, somebody will come on and ask you for a conference code, and that's what that 219-835 is. So uh, just to read the entire number, 267-507-0240, and then the conference code of 219-835. You'll be stuck in the conference room. You'll hear the, uh, the podcast uh, live, and uh, the best thing to do is to turn down or uh, – 
yeah, I would just turn down the uh, the live show so that you don't get confused. There's about a 30-second delay between the, the live show that's broadcast on YouTube and what you hear on the phone. The phone will be near instantaneous. So a little, uh, little tidbit as we move into uh, our, uh, our new call-in type thing. And uh, we're just going to randomly go to people on the phone. So uh, be ready. You'll hear a little announcement, and we'll say, uh, hi, uh, thanks for calling the XJ Talk Show and uh, who we got on the phone. And then you'll start talking. Say something good. Oh, yeah. And uh, if nothing else, just say hi, where you're from, maybe what you're driving, and uh, we'll go from there. We'll oh, have some fun. Especially if you're driving a 2014 Cherokee. Oh, yeah. We might have some uh, special words for you. No, I'm just kidding, folks. <laughs> of, I kid. I kid. Of encouragement. Speaking of Cherokees, I took mine up to the uh, to the mountain this weekend and had a little fun. And I did some work up there, too, Tony. Uh, I told you a little bit about it the last time we spoke, uh, but uh, I figured I'd go ahead and let everybody else know as well. I uh, went up to the Tillamook State Forest, uh, head up to the trail that NAXJA, the North American XJ Association, the Northwest chapter, and specifically, has adopted up there. They closed that trail down for some rock harvesting and some tree harvesting operations, which ended up fracturing the hillside uh, a couple years ago. And uh, they closed the trail down, and uh, they said, well, you guys got two options. Either you can design a new one, and uh, we'll may or may not authorize that, or this trail goes away altogether. And nobody really liked option B, so option A was on the table. Myself and one other gentleman stepped up to the table, and uh, and we designed a new trail system up there. It's called Saddle Up, and it's going to be my, well, my legacy, honestly. I, I, I just absolutely thrilled to be a part of this project and and couldn't be more honored to, uh, to be a part of it, really. Uh, it is going to be a new destination point for the trail system in here in Oregon, uh, one of the most popular trail systems here in Oregon, actually. And uh, it's just absolutely stunning. We did a rough cut in uh, a couple years ago uh, over the, the the summer, the fall, the winter, uh, let some some compaction happen, uh, went through the whole design process, fly, you know, flagging out a new center section, all that stuff. My main goal for this weekend was to go up there to see how the trail has evolved uh, with class one and class three vehicles, which is quads and bikes primarily, and uh, and to see what sort of compaction has happened over natural use with the lighter vehicles uh, and and what the uh, what the weather has done to it all. And I was pleasantly surprised. Hiked into the trail. Uh, we wheeled up the mountain um, all the way. Spent uh, probably a good three and a half to four hours wheeling from uh, the, the staging area uh, all the way up to the trail, which is near the summit of the mountain range up there. And, uh, and had a lot of fun on the way up there. Um, had some other things go on too, but I'll get to that. Uh, but when we got up to the trail... Uh, hiked into it. It's a, you know, probably a good hundred yard hike up some mountainous terrain to get to where, uh, we wanted to get to on the trail, which was about the midway point and then hiked, um, along the trail over to the new trailhead where it ties into an existing trail system. And this was all part of the master plan was to, to get this trail to tie into an existing trail system to enable the off-road enthusiasts to go from one side of, of the mountain, clear around the other side of the mountain range uh, without hitting too much hard pack at all and basically being able to wheel all day long all the way across a myriad of, of different trails without having to hit logging roads or hard pack or even pavement for that matter. Uh, and, and this really ties in one side to the other. So, uh, that unto itself is making this definitely an attraction for, for the wheelers in, uh, here in Oregon. So we got up to the trail, hiked over to the new trailhead, uh, picking up litter along the way, looking for blowdown, any kind of, um, you know, overgrowth and, and wind damage, stuff like that. Uh, the trail was in remarkable condition. 
It was really awesome to see that. It was great to see the the level of compaction that's happened. Almost zero erosion, uh, noticeable erosion anyways, from the winter, from the spring runoff, the melting, uh, or even from the bike and quad use, which it was apparent there was some bikes and quads that have been on the trail. Uh, but it it wasn't so bad that uh, there was big ruts or anything that was torn up or anything like that. So I'm very happy to report that that saddle up is is near the point where we're going to be getting class two vehicles, which are the Jeeps uh, on there. Uh, there's going to be a club run, hopefully uh, before hopefully the Naxter guys, including myself, uh, will be able to to get up there and we will be the first Jeeps to run that trail. Uh, and I plan on doing everything in my power to be Jeep number one across that trail. So. Uh, you guys can look forward to that. I uh, got some video and, and some pictures of the whole event or the the whole weekend. But uh, uh, really, I am I'm sad to report that I I had a a bit of a foobar up there, and uh, I don't know exactly when it happened or how it happened. But I ended up losing my camera up there, and it wasn't anything special. It was about an eight year old, nine year old point and shoot camera. But nonetheless, that camera's been th- with me through thick and thin. Uh, it went with me down to the Rubicon. I ended up taking a, kind of a nasty spill with it and just hand first camera lens right into some sandy uh, dirt right on a rock. And the camera cleaned up good, still take, still took awesome pictures. And uh, it was a little bit of gritty in the, in the lens mechanism. But, but all in all, you know, I love that camera and I'm very, very disappointed in myself that uh, I wasn't paying attention, close enough attention, and I lost it. So I was left with the GoPro which I almost lost that too because I had it strapped to my rock rail at one point and I was climbing up over a stump and it, uh, it, it, uh, I didn't have quite the clearance I thought I did. I was taking a little bit more of, a, of an intense line and uh, ended up clipping the clip and uh, knocking the GoPro camera off. And luckily I was up there with several other guys. We had uh, four, uh, three, three, three XJs and two ZJs uh, that were up there with us and uh, uh, had a lot of fun, had a lot of fun. But one of the guys behind me said, hey, your GoPro! And so, you know, quick jump out of the Jeep, grab it, you know, wipe the mud off and stuff like that. And back on the trail we went. So, so there's no, some, there's no little tie down for that thing. I know on my contour, it has a little, uh, hook in it for the, uh, for a strap. And I actually tied mine off uh, in the Jeep or held the, uh, held the, the line in case it came off. So it was a, um, one of those gooseneck assemblies that you mm-hmm. can kind of bend and twist into whichever kind of direction you want. And then on one end, it has the locking GoPro, you know, clip that locks it into place. And on the other end, it has a big, you know, alligator clip type thing like this thing, like a big right. clamp. And I just had it kind of clamped onto the, uh, onto the rock bar. And, uh, and that wasn't enough, but and I, no, I, had I understand that. That's why I was asking if there's something on the camera, I have a little, uh, like a little, um, it's not really a loop, but there's a thing that you can put a yeah, line through there. For, for like a lanyard or something exactly. like that. Yeah. I'm sure that there is, but you know, I, use I, it. I, I yeah, I should. Yeah, right. Use it. Uh, I mean, I, I've, so got, I've got is, two of those that, contours, and I don't want to lose either one of them. Is that the new generation of GoPros comes with um, Wi-Fi compatibility, and you hook it up to your phone. Right. And so, on, real time, on my phone, I can see what the GoPro is seeing. Mm-hmm. Even if the GoPro is in the back of the vehicle, underneath the vehicle, or whatever, I just turn the screen on on my phone, Man. and I see... GoPros. I, I don't want to see a police report about you having that GoPro on the bottom of your, I mean, on the top of your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No, there'll be, there'll be none of that. None of that. But uh, no, I did get some great video. I'm still in the process of editing all that, uh, all that high definition footage uh, definitely takes up a lot of room on the hard drive and a lot of processing space and stuff like that. So I, I've got to deal with that. I've got a few pictures that I took with the GoPro as well. Uh, but really 
the, the weather was horribly nasty up there. It was beautiful on my drive up to the mountain. But once I got up there, <laughs> it was just sideways rain the entire day. I got completely soaked and drenched through uh, my whole hike and, and, uh, and litter cleanup patrol on the trail. And uh, during the trail assessment of that and three other trails, I just was soaked to the bone. I came home and I was just a, a muddy puddle. Well, it wasn't in funny. fact, the weather was so bad because Josh and I uh, talked about this uh, a few days ago. In fact, it was so bad you had a few people just turn around and say, nah, we're going home. Yeah, in fact, it was just myself and one other guy that ended up uh, hiking and doing the final trail assessment on Saddle Up. And uh, and everybody else was was fine to you know hang out and do some wheeling and everything, but... Uh, uh, once it came time to actually do some physical work, <laughs> no, yeah. good. See ya. Yeah. So, you know, they, they actually stuck around, uh, around the area just in case we needed some help or something, you know, anything can happen. You right. know, you're hiking a trail, a bike can come out of nowhere and smack into you. Um, part of the hillside can give way and you need a rescue well, with rain uh, like that. Yeah. You know, you could, you could slip, fall, break a leg, you know, anything can happen. So you know, it was, everybody is very responsible wheelers and we're all kind of on the same page and everything. So, uh, you know, it was, yeah, we'll stick around and, and you guys will be within, you know, radio, um, range and, and we'll come get you if we have to. So, um, and that was all fine and dandy. And we, we only were gone for maybe an hour and a half, two hours, something like that between hiking up the midway section over to one side of the trailhead and then hiking all the way back down to the beginning of the trail and, uh, just doing a full trail assessment through the entire thing. It was miserable, don't get me wrong, um, but I'm very, very glad I did it. And, well, uh, you know, kudos to you for staying out there and working. You work hard all week, uh, drive that Honda, which is uh, punishment enough, and uh, it's a long drive, too. So, uh, I mean, that's great that you're actually doing that. I, I have to say, I'd probably be one of the guys, the lazy guys, that didn't want to pitch in. Uh, that's, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I had some help up there, and I, I did take a few pictures with the uh, with the GoPro, so... At least I got those to share. And I'll try and get those up here in the next week or so, guys. It's it's a lot of stuff to go through. And and I'm still kind of bitter about losing my other camera. Uh, you know, really, that's what I what I would post up 90% of my stuff on the forums with. And I don't have that now. And there's pictures on there that I really, really wish that I had uh, that uh, are, frankly, irreplaceable. So, well, uh, don't uh, give up hope yet. Somebody may find it. Somebody may we, figure out... I, Somebody I, may I, figure out who, who it belongs to, and you might wind up with a, a slightly muddy, a couple of pictures taken of a uh, Anthony Weiner on there. Yeah, you know, down at the uh, down at the staging area, I did. Uh, I had a big fluorescent orange piece of paper in my in my rig, and I grabbed a pen out of the center console and scribbled a big, you know, lost camera note on there, reward if found type of thing, and and gave a brief description of the camera and roughly where it was lost, and left my phone number there. So, you know, it's on a reader board. 90% of the people that go into the staging area don't pay attention to the reader board. Maybe somebody will will see that and, you know, have heard of a guy who found a camera up there and, <laughs> you know, hey, that uh, I, I think we know the guy who lost that, you know, one of those things. So I don't know. Uh, in any case, it's not a big deal. Like I said, the camera's old enough to where it's not going to be that big of a deal to replace. I'd like to, you know, maybe get like a, a DLSR or something like that, a DSLR. Um, but, uh, you know, how hard I am on my gear, chances are, I'm just going to get uh, a little, you know, another point and shoot that's uh, somewhat disposable like that one was. Well, you were so. telling me about your, your sunglasses, how you never can keep up with them and you go through them like they're, you had an expensive pair that you had a week. I yeah. don't know. I think, uh, I, I, I would be missing that nine year old camera too. Just knowing how you are. <laughs> it's principles, you know, it, it's principles behind it. I, I loved that camera. I loved what it could do. It was a very capable camera in its day. 
it was a high end point and shoot camera. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, nowadays it, they're they're about a dime a dozen. So uh, we'll see what it takes to replace it. I may end up trying to track down through Craigslist or eBay or a pawn shop or something the exact same camera, only because oh, I know it inside and sure. out, and no. it works really, really good. So yeah. no, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that, and I'll let you guys know. But Tony, I'm glad you brought up my Honda. <laughs> and I'd like to tell you guys all about my wheeling and how the trails were and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that, uh, have, well, <laughs> they're, they're very, very familiar with my Honda story and, uh, guys back in December, my Honda was stolen and it took me several weeks to get it back, but I did get it back. There was, um, a high speed chase involved, um, a drug user that, uh, that was up to no good with my car and, and, uh, um, left it in a, a state of disrepair and I got it back and, and it, you know, there was some issues with it and whatnot, a substantial amount of damage. Um, case has been closed. I had a restitution hearing and everything. And I thought that that was that my Honda saga as of last week had come to an end. That was until Tuesday morning. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, when I went out <laughs> to leave for work and my Honda was gone again. <laughs> no. Yes, I, yes, my Honda was stolen twice in five and a half months. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking to Matt about this. I said Josh is probably going to tape the keys to the side of the door, and after Here, it's been stolen it. about <laughs> after it's been stolen about five times, he'll have enough money to get a new one. <laughs> I, I can't believe that. So I, uh, <laughs> I I had left I left the house like like ten minutes later than I normally do. I was kind of in a rush. I said, you know, screw it. I, I ran back inside real quick, grabbed the keys to the Jeep. At least I still had the Jeep. The Jeep still had all the gear in it from over the weekend. All my tools, all my recovery gear, you know, all my trail gear and stuff like that, still covered in mud. Still had mud on the inside and everything. I said, screw it. I hopped in the Jeep, rallied off to work. I uh, got to work and called the cops. And, uh, they were like, well, you know, are you home? Can you know, come by? I was like, well, no, it's the same MO as last time the car was, you know, there and now it's not, it happened sometime in the last six hours. Uh, you know, you know, can you take the report and get the, you know, at least get things into the system. So yeah, you know, the officer had to kind of do some things. I had to email him some documentation and whatnot for proof of ownership and, and, and stuff like that, which I had with me because I still had the case file from the last time that my car got stolen. I had all the stuff with me. So, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, as far as, you know, getting that process going, I just hate to having to deal with this stuff. Oh, of again. course. So I, I finished the, the, the cop calls me back after I email him some documentation, um, says, okay, here's your case number. It's getting put into the system right now. Um, we'll, you know, let you know if anything happens. I'll, you know, do you have any questions? And I was like, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> you know last time it took quite a while for me to get my car back. Uh, you know, if anything happens, I need you guys to let me know ASAP. Oh man, so this is going to cost you another 200 bucks if you see this thing again, isn't it? <sighs> So 10 minutes later, I get a call from the Gresham Police Department's uh, dispatch department, d dispatch uh, unit, uh, saying, we have an officer on scene with your car. <laughs> really? <laughs> you don't say. If it's, not, if it's the same guy, I'm, I'm shutting uh, the show down. So that, that, was, that was one of the things that I was talking with the cop about is that uh, <laughs> I was worried that because of some of the looks that were transpired between he and I during the restitution hearing, and he was obviously very upset that he was in jail, still in jail, and Aww. is being treated the way that he's being treated Aww, in jail. Oh, poor guy. I know, right? My heart is just bleeding for him. But uh, yeah, he's butthurt, probably literally, um, <laughs> from being in jail. But, Get uh, a pretty mouth. Yeah, I understand. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was half expecting him. Okay. He's been in there for a little while now. Maybe he got out on early release for good behavior or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be looking for some retribution. So I let the cop know about, I was like, Hey, you know, just had the restitution hearing. If that guy is out, I can easily see him coming back and doing something like this. Um, you know, so, you know, here's the case number, here's his name, here's his description, you know, all that stuff, uh, that went into the system. So, you know, I, I was like, if he is out, let me know because I'd be worried, you know, for several reasons. One that, uh, uh, you know, he'd be, you know, after my property, well, the worse, family he'd too. Be trying to come in and, and hurt me. So, um, so that ended up not being the case, ended up being somebody else. Uh, but they had stole my car, drove it five miles, just under five miles away from my house. Uh, up into some ritzy neighborhood, up heading out to the sticks, and left it on the side of the road, stripped. Oh, man. Yep. Co cops were on scene saying, uh, yep, it's on jack stands. Um, you know, we're calling the tow truck. And I was like, no, don't call the tow truck. Yes. Because <laughs> last time, it cost me an arm and a leg to get my car out of tow, um, you know, after it had gotten stolen. So I was like, just leave it there. Let me know where it's at. I will make arrangements and I will come and get it. Yes. They're like, you know, okay, it's a little bit out of SOP, but that's fine. We'll oh, go that's great. That. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was good. So, I mean, I mean, I'm talking with this dispatch lady. She's got one officer on, on the radio. She's got another officer on CB. I'm getting conflicting reports between the three of them. I have no idea what's going on. I call up my buddy, uh, 92 War Wagon. He's a, he's a member on the site. Uh, I said, hey, man, are you working today? No. Great. Fantastic. I need you to do me a solid. Can you head out there to this area? I gave him the address, the block number, all that stuff. Uh, and, and can you go check out my, my vehicle? Just let me know what kind of condition it's in and what I need to do to get that thing to be, you know, back on the road and driving. He says, yeah, I got a couple of things I can take care of. I got to take care of it and I can then, you know, head out there and go check it out. Uh, I said, super. Uh, about an hour, hour and a half later, the text messages start rolling in with pictures. And I get a couple of pick messages and yep, sure enough, my car is on blocks. Well, it was on jacks. Jackson Jack stands. And, uh, so he's like, you know, it, it, everything else looks to be okay. I don't have keys. Doors are locked. The hood's closed. Trunk's closed. It's all in one piece. For the most part, you're just missing wheels and tires. Great. Okay. So I start calling up, you know, I'm looking on Craigslist. I'm, you know, calling up buddies and friends, uh, had a bud, uh, a buddy who had recently gotten some work done in his own Honda at a shop that really wasn't all that far from my work. And he's like, go over, talk to these people, ask for this guy, drop my name. They'll get you a hookup. All right, fine. So I finished up a few projects I was working on at work, rallied out of there, light speed, headed over to this shop, uh, $250 later, mm -hmm. uh, four used steely wheelies and some half bald tires just to get the car rolling again. And out to my neck of the woods, I rolled to, well, fix my car. And, uh, and while I was there, you know, I rolled up on the car, just covered in fingerprinting dust again, <laughs> car had been completely ransacked. Everything was pulled out of everything else. I mean, I don't have a lot of stuff, excuse me, in my car anyways. Uh, I usually keep my vehicles fairly clean and, uh, and but there one. was just, again, it wasn't as bad as the last time where it looked like somebody had been living in it for two years, but the back seat was full of trash. <laughs> I'm like, man, what I just can't hell? win. I can't win for losing here. So, um, there was two new donuts. Uh, in the car. Now, donuts, that was probably I mean, from the cops tires. though, right? Oh no, not, not those kind of donuts. <laughs> I, the pizza cutters, the spare tires. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, those type of things. Uh, two new uh, versions of those and a couple pair of gloves that I didn't own before that I do now. Uh, so I gained some stuff out of this. Hey, don't forget uh, about the jack stands. 
Those aren't yeah. cheap. Yeah, right. Well, they're, they're the little ones and well, you know, I really don't have a use for the little ones. I, I've got more jack stands than I need anyways, but you know, that's neither here nor there. So, uh, we roll up and I had the Jeep with me, obviously had all the tools with me, obviously. So I, you know, I go to work and I'm two, I'm two wheels into it and I'm going to the other side and I see this Jeep Cherokee coming up over the hill. And, you know, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, let's take a breather here and check out this XJ that's rolling down. And, and I'm, you know, it's, it's approaching, it's looking a little familiar. It's like, wait, I know the grill of that. I know that bull bar. I know those lights. I know that Jeep Cherokee. And so as it, you know, gets a little bit closer to me, I start waving and smiling and acting like a fool. And uh, <laughs> it, it's my buddy, Jason. And uh, and he's coming coming down and, and he blows right past me. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, you just blew right past me. What's I slams on the brakes. He backs up. He's like, I thought that was you. So it was totally random. He wasn't cutting. There wasn't a, an APB uh, or a Jeep uh, APB out on you or anything. In fact, uh, he had he had heard through the grapevine just about an hour prior uh, of my whole ordeal and didn't know where the car was, didn't know that I was off work or, or dealing with this or anything. Complete, uh, just uh, what a coincidence that he happened to be rolling by. So, um, he, uh, he called up, uh, Wes, uh, 92 war wagon who had helped me earlier. And, uh, and he was done with his uh, running around and stuff. He's like, you know, finish up the car. I'm going to go grab Wes. We'll both grab, come back, grab your Honda. You can grab your Jeep and we'll all go get a beer. I was like, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> After the day that I've had, I can't think of a more fitting in. Well, you have to sit there all day at work going, what's it going to be? What am I going to have to do? Then once you know what you're going to have to do, it's like, you know, the drive home's bad enough. Now I yeah. got to go do all this stuff. You know, at least it didn't cost you four hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, you no, know, it didn't. the toe and well, the tires. It, it did and it didn't, Tony, because literally two weeks ago I had just put new tires on the car. So, oh no. So in a way, it did cost me quite a bit of money because, uh, uh, and I'm fairly certain that's why they they took the vehicle is because it had new tires. Well, on it couldn't it. have been the wheels. I mean, was it factory oh, wheels? No, no, and that's just it. Is is it's a '96 Honda Accord. It, it's the base model LX. I mean, it's got power windows and and all that stuff, but uh, but it doesn't have the desirable wheels that uh, that the Honda guys are after. It, I mean, it's got probably the least most desirable wheels out of all the Honda wheels of that era. Uh, so I, you know, the attraction, I don't have an aftermarket stereo in it. I mean, it's, it's just my little commuter car and you know, it's, so I haven't really invested a lot of money in it. I bought it at, for its, for how mechanical yeah, getting back and forth. Was. Yeah. So let me ask the obvious question. Yes, please. Are you now going to do something to immobilize that vehicle or are you going to get rid of it? So I, I, I had put an alarm on it. Um, the alarm had been giving me some fits, some some issues. It was chirping and, and flashing the lights as I was driving down the road. Not exactly a, an ideal situation. Uh, and especially if, you know, if, if it's starting to surge electronics or, you know, cut, cut start cutting the, uh, the ignition or something like that. Because uh, I do have an ignition interrupt um, uh, circuit that I installed in there that's tied in with the alarm. So, um, you know, I, I had, I had pulled the fuse and it was on my to-do list this coming weekend <laughs> of course. To, to fix. And, uh, of course, of course this happens in, yeah. in, the, in the meantime. So, um, I was up until the wee hours of the morning, uh, you know, into Wednesday, um, fixing the alarm, doing some troubleshooting, doing a lot of programming. And, and the alarm that I have on there is just a major pain in the butt to try and program, but I got it all dialed in. Uh, I got a buddy who says, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give you my club. Here, put this on I your steering wheel. I insist. So, so yeah, it's gonna, you know, and and now it has these these crappy steel wheels on it. It's, uh, you know, it's got new pry marks on the window where they where they where they busted in at. 
you know, this thing couldn't be any more undesirable at this point. It's still mechanically sound. I was going to say, as long as you can drive it, it's going to fit the bill. Exactly. You know, at this point, I could care less. So I just screw it, whatever. You know, uh, you know, I, I will, I probably will still sell this thing. I, I don't know. I'm just not in a big hurry. It's mechanically sound. As much as I hate the car and and how much of a nexus it is for negative uh, energy, uh, yeah. You know, all this bad stuff happening, uh, it still gets me to and from work and it gets great gas mileage, so I can't complain too much. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. <laughs> yeah, I know, guys. I know. So that, <laughs> let's get let's get back to the Jeep stuff, Tony. Well, you let, guys let me all... let, before you go go into an, uh, another tirade. Let me uh, mention this. We have a. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's. I want to mention Mike Brewer, who is uh, watching the show live from Poland. And I think that's well outside the United States. No, indeed. That's well, that's even near that's that's near to drone country. Yeah, we love our international <laughs> fans, our Absolutely. international uh, listeners and viewers. So, uh, Mike Brewer, here's to you, buddy. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. And hey, look, why don't we catch uh, our our caller real quick? And, yeah, let's do that. We uh, see, got a live call in, and yeah, uh, see if they're still awake. So uh, this is Audrey. You've. Uh, You've heard her on the uh, past shows, and uh, Audrey, are you uh, still with us? Got to press all the buttons, Josh. I'm still with you. <laughs> there you yeah, are. There she is. There she is. Audrey, what do you think? Is Did the you hear uh, me? yeah? Or how's the show tonight? You enjoying it? Listening to it on the phone? Yeah, it's good. I don't know if you just saw, but I posted. You know, my pet rabbit was watching, listening, enjoying. And I told everybody else they could be too. So XJ Talk Show Rabbit oh, approved. Oh, I should say Bunny approved. That sounds better. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've been having some issues with your Jeep, haven't you, Audrey? What? Uh, give us the uh, Reader's Digest version of uh, what's what's going on. Reader's version is that supposed to be short? No, no. Reader's Digest meaning a, a short version. All the stories in Reader's Reader's Digest are like summaries. So just give us a quick, you know, you you, were, you thought you had another uh, blown head, another cracked head. The the O three three one reared its ugly head, but I th- I think you found that the the head's okay. Yes, they are. Um, but yeah, I think that I haven't talked to you in a long time about my engine, so that's actually like the whole backstory about being stuck in a swamp for hours. Yes. Um, and basically, my radiator was a mud slate. The, um, you know, the uh, the box with the air filter, it was like a sandbox in there. Uh, four spark plugs were curled, blah, blah, blah. So I could have oh, blown okay. the head gasket, but I didn't. Somehow, I was supposed to, what was supposed to be a one-hour drive, took me eight hours and a water jug. And I got home into my driveway. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I was like, oh, I probably blew the head gasket. I probably blew the whole motor. You know, I am lucky that she's running still at all anyways. But right now I have a misfire in cylinder four. And I've ruled out all of the, you know, common possibilities of, you know, I swapped out all the spark plugs. Um, I had a brand new coil pack in the first place, but I, you know, went back to um, whatever the auto parts store and I said, yeah, it's defective just to swap it. I had a warranty. You got a new one just in case. Um, you know, so uh, so now I, I still have a misfiring cylinder four. I'm thinking it's a fuel injector because I went to go look at them and one and the one the number four is all loose and stuff. But I also have evap leak. Four so, five five and four five six. They keep stopping by to say hello. 
So it might be a little simpler to just go ahead and do a compression test. Get a, get, you can probably get it from uh, AutoZone or uh, or something like that, and just make sure that the all the cylinders have the same uh, the same about the same compression. I think it needs to be with what what is it, Josh? Five percent, ten percent? Yeah, I think you want to stay within that five to ten percent, and ten percent is going to be getting a little bit outside that range. But uh, uh, I think you know if you're within five psi of each cylinder, you'll you're definitely in the good range. Yeah, and that probably would be a lot easier than uh, removing that rail and replacing that uh, injector. And uh, if you, uh, the compression test will tell you if maybe you have uh, a cylinder that is, uh, especially since you overheated the engine, you may have uh, a problem with uh, a collapsed ring or partially collapsed. And it, like I said, it'll save you a little time yeah, and yeah. let you know what's going on with that engine. Yeah, I've been doing this for hours all day. And I also found that, you know, uh, after the whole swamp situation, my whole you know, the, the whole engine ground was just covered in mud. I was like, you know, scooping mud out of everything. It was disgusting. Yeah, um, mud's tough. So it, I went and I pressure washed. Huh? Yeah, mud's tough. What? There's a lot of people that will not go to go in mud. They'll do rocks, but they won't I do mud. Not want, it, it, I did not want to do that. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember. But, yeah, so, huh? Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was going to say, I hate to be a one-upper, but I, I recently read a story on XJ Talk of a guy who uh, had to have his radiator replaced recently. He's a construction worker, and on one of the sites, the concrete guys were working a little oh, bit too close to no. where he had parked his Cherokee, and that concrete dust had gotten into the radiator somehow and actually clogged it up so bad it had gotten, there was literally concrete inside of his radiator, uh, which I'm not sure exactly wow. how that happens in a sealed system. but That is uh, weird. Yeah, nonetheless, I think, you know, between, <clears throat> excuse me, between the, the, the dust getting into the fins and maybe into the, uh, the you know, the, the reservoir or something like that, uh, nonetheless, he had to swap out his radiator because of concrete dust getting in there and actually clogging up his entire system. That's interesting. That's not, wow, yeah. Well, hey, at least I learned how to change a radiator and flush coolant and all that stuff. Oh, it's hey. a, the Jeep is oh, a great teacher. Cool. Yep, always a, always a learning experience. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Audrey, thanks a lot for being yeah, on. Well, anyways, what, I was just oh, going to say, I'm sorry. All right, bye. That's all right. We got to move along. Thanks a lot for uh, for being on the show with us tonight and listening to us. So, Josh, I know you had something else you were going to talk about the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got I've got plenty more Jeep stories. I can go on for hours. We've got uh, we've got more show than we probably have time for. So, I say let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. Yeah, but the bottom line is, you made the trip up there and back jeep perfectly fine you just oh, lost a camera yeah. in the process no the jeep did uh, phenomenally well the i was glad to uh to well there was one little issue uh, the, uh, this was a shakedown run for my ball joints the new uh, alloy usa ball joints that i put in here recently uh which the front end performed flawlessly uh, i really was impressed with with how it wheeled and and everything else uh the conditions obviously could have been better i was wheeling through a lot of mud on rock and and it's never an ideal situation definitely makes things very challenging uh but i had a clunk in the back end and i couldn't figure out exactly what that was coming from or you know what was creating it until i did some some looking around some inspection and found out that uh, uh the the uh the i'm sorry the in the in the leaf spring the leaf spring i uh the the bushing inside of that had deteriorated and so the, 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 the shackle where the shackle is meeting the leaf spring is actually moving around and it's, it's clunking around a little bit. So, uh, my now what, let's see, five, six, seven year old, uh, pro comp leaf springs are the, the, the bushings are finally worn out on them. So chances are I'm either going to replace the leaf packs altogether mm. or I'm going to rebuild them. 
Uh, I haven't quite decided yet. Uh, it's it can go either way, uh, but really it ain't broke. So, you know, don't really have to fix it. I just have to replace a couple bushings. So they may well, get reconditioned and slap in there. I got to do some other stuff to the leaf springs anyways. They kind of like to fan out a little bit on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to I'm gonna uh, throw some new clamps around the leaf, leaf packs and, and prevent that from happening as well. So I'm thinking that you're really looking at about a 30-minute job if you just go to replace those bushings. I mean, the hardest part is jacking it up high enough to get the... Uh, the the tension off the spring so it'll drop down where you can replace the bushings this is this is the rear bushing right yeah this is where the this the rear leaf spring eye bushing where it is uh, where the the shackle uh mounts to the leaf spring itself so it's it's that bushing that has worn out that uh that i need to now replace so that'll that'll all get handled here very soon i'm going to talk with the guys at four wheel parts it's where i bought the the leaf pack from find out what they're going to recommend i'm almost likely just end up getting some pro comp uh, polyurethane inserts to slap in there and call it call it a day. Uh, that is unless I find you know a screaming deal on a set of leaf packs that I just can't live without. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. Well, are you thinking? Time, the, are you thinking the replacement of the leaf packs would be an upgrade? Is that the reason why you're thinking about doing it? Yeah, or? It would. The 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 here's the reason. The only reason I'm saying that is because the Pro Comp leaf packs are notorious for being a little stiff. Mm-hmm. However. At the same time that I'm going to be doing that repair, I'll be putting in the HD engineering shackle relocation kit, ah, okay. which is going to eliminate any of that stiffness. And it's going to make the shackle and the springs do all the work instead of transferring all of that uh, suspension through an improper shackle angle. Very similar to the same principles as control arm angles, yeah. guys. Not going to go into the whole science of that right now. Yeah, I probably need to adjust mine. You know, I put the uh, Iron Man Andy uh, adjustable mount on the back of mine i did mine specifically to get a little more lift out of it because uh i guess the those uh, rough country leaf springs that i had uh, uh are drooping a little bit more than what i thought they had when i went to the six and a half i don't think i only saw a quarter inch difference in the rear uh mm-hmm. you know i should have seen a good two inches at least but uh i got that plus a little more now uh and uh, the uh I think I need to move the which way do you go do you go you go backwards with the uh the shackle mount don't you yeah, to increase the angle, the 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 forward angle, you're going to be moving that that bolt back to the rear of the vehicle more. Yeah, correct. I think I need to move mine back one, but uh, I haven't uh, actually taken it off road yet. But boy, I'm getting close. In fact, I uh, I called uh, a, a a hard not a hardware a uh, off road shop that I saw I pass by every day there in Richmond, Texas, and I can't remember the name right now. But I I, uh, I emailed them asking them what it would what they would charge to install an ARB locker. Could they do two in one day? I could drop the vehicle off. And could they do it in one day? I could drop the vehicle off on the way to work and then pick it up in the evening. And they said they couldn't do more than one locker in a day. What? And, yeah. And it's it not a four-wheel drive shop you need to be going to then. Well, you know, they, they have a lot of big trucks out there. I didn't know if they did Jeep stuff or not, and they, they said they did. But uh, And when I say big trucks, I'm talking 24, 30-inch uh, uh, lifts with uh, – oh. 48 inch tires they've got this one red truck out there that's been out there for a while i need to take some pictures of that i'm sure it's on my video cam yeah there's there's a term that uh i don't know if it's a national term but we certainly um have a nickname for those kinds of trucks around here we call them bro dozers yeah 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 well of course (laughs) i mean they're just they're they're land yachts because you're not going to take them off road uh i mean you can take them in the mud but you can't certainly can't go trails and rocks and I'm sure somebody does, but that's not generally what they're built for. They're a lot of fun to drive around in. I mean, my 83 with a 4-inch lift and 36 and a half inch tires 
Yeah, that wasn't uh, you know as tall as anything like what I've seen over at this shop. But it no, was. I, I had to use the steering wheel to get up in it. It was. It was a blast. But anyway, uh, so they they quoted me a price, and it's probably a fair price. It's a hundred dollars more than what I thought it was going to be. Four hundred and fifty dollars per ARB installation, and then the add-ons would be oil, gear, oil. Uh, yeah, you know anything you can think of. Those those all all those things would be extra, which which is fine because I'm not going to do anything except take them an ARB. Oh, and they quoted me a price on the installation of the uh, the compressor as well. And and of course, I'm not going to have I'm not going to have an ARB air compressor. And uh, I think the the air compressor installation was two hundred. So we were looking. That's something that you can do yourself. Oh, really. definitely. Yeah. Okay. I, I just don't have the, the tools or the the experience for putting changing out lockers, changing out gears. Full case locker install like that, you got to have the setup tools and and, uh, and and the you know the dial indicators and you know all all that stuff. It's it's definitely a little bit more advanced level mechanics as far as you know versus installing a lift kit or changing your oil or something or like even, that. Even rebuilding an engine is uh, has not as tight a tolerance in, in a lot of cases, um, or or it's already machined there, and all you got to do is slap it together really and check mm-hmm. a few things. So uh, yeah, and uh, I. I know Matt is uh, has been real busy with a lot of things, so I thought I would check and see if there was a way I could take care of it uh, myself. My my preference is is to drive up to Matt's uh, place there in uh, Conroe and mm-hmm. uh, either uh, watch it intently and learn, or hopefully uh, do a fair amount of it, so I can uh, so I will be knowledgeable on that. My my goal is to be able to work on anything on my Jeep, including the uh, the differentials. So I bought a, a dial indicator gauge when I installed my Spartan locker in the or, yeah Spartan locker in the Dana 30 up front, and I the I knew that I wasn't going to have to do any gear resetting at all uh, throughout that process. It's a lunchbox locker. In most cases, you don't even have to take the carrier out. Uh, but I did that anyways, just because I wanted to sort of learn a few techniques uh, as far as doing this stuff. So I'm 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 halfway there to to doing gear swaps. Uh, the problem is, is I still don't have the, like the press, the necessary press to, you know, press in uh, a new pinion to, or, you know, a new pinion yeah. or new, new bearings, you know, things like that. I don't have the tools to, you know, split bearings and pull them off, things like that. There, there are specialty tools required above and beyond hand tools and a dial gauge. And it's just, along with that comes experience. And of course you need master install kits, uh, which have the parts, the shims, and everything else to set the gears up properly. Well, I think uh, I think that in my case that won't be necessary on the Dana Thirty since it's already set up, and we'll just be re- replacing the different uh, the um, what do you call the thing in the middle? That would be the carrier. The carrier. We're, yeah, we'll just your be gears are set up, but once you once you you pull all that out, uh, you're 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 replacing the carrier. Right, the, but the I think ARC the shims is, will still be in the same place. I don't know, Matt. Matt knows. I'll learn. Uh, I'm just remembering when we put the 456 gears, uh, the uh, buddy of mine that has the shop uh, that we did that years back. But anyway, uh, hopefully uh, this Saturday I will be doing uh, the day before Mother's Day. I'll be uh, putting in my ball joints, uh, hopefully the uh, Synergy uh, ball joints that I have. And I have scheduled a day off for next Friday, and my current plans are to install the compressor, the tank, uh, and the air horn, which I could have hey, used. Hey, I was going to ask if you're going to get the <laughs> air horn uh, right on, man. I can't wait to see that in action. Uh, well, we got a little carried away. Uh, I made the mistake of uh, throwing my uh, my Jeep information in there. So let's jump over to our uh, All Things Wrangler segment this week with Rob. 
Hi, I'm Rob from CoolGuysStuff.tv, and this is All Things Wrangler. Welcome back, everybody. We had a short segment last week because I was uh, I was at a cancer summit, but I am back, and boy, do I have a cool product this week for you guys. So I got me some uh, new seat covers recently, and building up to the seat cover thing, I was one of those guys that was a hundred percent sold on. Look, just get the Smitty built cheap neoprene seat covers. Uh, you blow through them every couple years. They're they're so inexpensive and easy to replace. Not a big deal. But this time, I got my hands on some Trek Armor custom seat covers for the Jeep Wrangler. These things are. Awesome. They're built from a super heavy duty waterproof nylon. Uh, it's like a, um, almost like a real heavy backpack material and it comes loaded with straps. So it's got this whole uh, storage system built right into, to the seat cover itself. Meaning, uh, if you ever seen like a military backpack or something like that, they have these, uh, they have these straps sewn across the the material on the backpack and you can actually slide different pouches into those and they velcro on and stuff like that so this thing comes with one of those pouches per seat cover as well as it's full of slots to add more and that kind of thing it's really a cool product it's very very uh sturdy it almost in fact i would say that it probably does look better than the factory seats when they're on. You know, when you put on a seat cover, it, unless you get the neoprene ones, uh, normally you don't have the, a good fit and, uh, there, something's just funky about them. You can just tell they're seat covers, but these Trek armors, man, they are beautiful. They go on. It was super easy to install. I literally installed them in the parking lot in 25 minutes on my fronts. So they slip right on, and another great thing about them is they do not have the elastic straps that uh, kind of hook under your seat that always seem to break. So what this thing does is it's it's got a um, it's kind of like a drawstring to your sweatpants at the bottom of the seat cover. So you feed that thing around through, and it's a it's a paracord. Uh, so you really can crank it down tight and not have to worry about it ever coming loose again. This is by far the best seat cover that I've ever seen in my entire life. Again, this thing is better to me than the factory seats. There is one thing that I have noticed that I'm not super happy with, but it has been 95 degrees, and I have no doors or top on my car, so it's super hot. But you do really get hot when you sit on these things, uh, which is a little bit of a downside. But, you know, if you got a, if you got a top on, the sun's not actually on you, I'm sure it'd be fine. But for right out of the box, you slide these things on your seats. You, you strap them down. You, like I said, you tie them down with that paracord. They're super solid. Uh, they have a zip pocket in the back, and they also have a zip pocket in the front. So it's very cool when you don't have your doors on your car to be able to slip your wallet or whatever you need in that front pocket and not have to worry about your wallet, your phone, that kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about it bouncing around. You don't have to worry about having something to secure it and so it doesn't fly out of your car and that kind of thing. Great seat cover. They also have super heavy-duty zippers on them. So like uh, when I, when I, I, I zipped and unzipped them probably a hundred times each just to kind of test them, you know? Um, and they held up cool. They were really nice. It, it was a really nice seat cover. 
again, they are a little costly at 259 bucks or 260 bucks for the fronts and an additional 260 bucks if you want the rear seat cover. So, you know, you're into this, you're into covering your seat for 520 bucks. That's a lot of money. On the flip side of that, it's almost like you re-interior or you re-upholstered your seats. That's how nice these things are. They come in a multiple of colors. I got solid black, but there is a uh, there's an insert just like most of them. You know that that handles the middle of the seat cover. They're a black seat cover, and they can they can have a coyote color insert. You can have an olive green color insert. You have a red or blue, and I've even seen camo out there. Um, four wheel parts has these right online. Quadratech has them right online. You can also go direct to, uh, to trekarmor.com and you can find these and they can point you to a dealer to get these things in your hands. I recommend them through the roof. This is my new favorite product for the Jeep. Hands down. I'm, I'm very impressed with the quality of this seat cover. Anyways, guys, that's it for me today. If you want to find me, you can check me out on coolguystuff.tv or on Twitter, X, Rob Spencer X. Until next week, thanks for listening. Yeah, and I want to remind you guys about wranglertalk.com. Rob's also there, and uh, we can use some uh, posts and pictures of your Jeep Wranglers. Yeah, absolutely, guys. It's a great site set up just like xjtalk.com. A lot of good people over there and lots of good information as well. So please go check out wranglertalk.com. Hey, here's another favorite segment, reviews. Oh, it's definitely one of our favorites <laughs> for sure, guys. We uh, we are on Stitcher. We are on iTunes as well. And, of course, these reviews come in from both of those sites and others as well. And uh, we get them as often as we can, and we, well, put them up right away when we do get them. We love getting the feedback, even if it's constructive criticism. So anytime you guys get a chance, uh, head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review if you can, and leave us a, uh, leave us a little bit of a comment, or even do the same thing over there on Stitcher Radio. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with this first one here by Garrett Tech. says, I love it. Five-star review. Great job with the podcast, guys. Helps me actually enjoy the 80 miles round trip to and from work every day. Hey, I know you're paying. While I catch up on episodes, the tech talk and the interviews are top-notch. Keep it up, please. Great. Thanks. Love hearing about that. Uh, and perfect place to listen to a podcast or an audio book. Yeah. Uh, driving on yep. the road every day. Hey, and we got this one uh, from social media from uh, Don T- Tom Teffler. He says, really enjoy this show. Very appreciated. Appreciated. Jo- Tony and Josh, the ball joint talk got a little old. <laughs> but yeah, I know. <laughs> but I know it's hard to keep the conversation interesting. Uh, zing. Thanks for all your hard work. Well, that's the constructive criticism we're talking about. And, uh, well, we had a little ball joint talk uh, tonight, but at least we didn't get colorful with it, Josh. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, well, sometimes that tech, you know, kind of rolls a little bit long. We get on a subject, and, and really it's one that you can go in-depth with. And uh, when when there's so many manufacturers out there for a specific product, you kind of like to cover the bases, get everybody as much tech as they possibly can handle. And, well, sometimes that might even be a little more than you can handle. Hey, guys, I know we sound all pretty and professional here on the XJ Talk Show. I laugh because I don't think I, I'm at, at all professional. <laughs> but, well, I certainly uh, don't act at half the time, I so know. you're in good company, Tony. <laughs> yeah, so we just want to remind you guys, we're just a couple of knuckleheads that uh, got, a, got a couple of cameras, internet connection, you know, a uh, can of beans, and we put on a show. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes, guys. And, and we've got a passion for Jeeps, and we yes. are Cherokee owners this is a primarily a Cherokee show, even though we get into some uh, Honda talk every now and again, and 
Uh, but we try and bring you the tech. We try and bring you the funny and a little bit of entertainment as well. Uh, it's all about having a good time. And, and that's what it's all about. It's just this is really just a hobby for Tony and I. We have some fun with it. Uh, but you know what? It, it wouldn't be possible without you guys. It would just be Tony and I sitting here talking to each other, which we can do anytime. So we love your guys' involvement. And again, we're just a couple of guys just like any one of you out there. And that's why we encourage you guys to join in on the fun. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail sometimes. Drop us a line every now and again. Or even get involved like uh, like John and and uh, and Steve and Rob have done with segment introductions, uh, segments and, and stuff like that. Uh, really just adding diversity to the show. Again, we couldn't be doing it without you guys. We're glad to have the guys on who submit the stuff to be aired on the show and uh, all of those who give us voicemails every week. You guys can be part of it, too. We'll get you all Man. the numbers and all the hookups and uh, how you can get a hold of us here at the end of the show. Yeah, we love the, all the involvement, and uh, Josh always says there's always a, a third seat open. Hey, uh, <clears throat> so uh, tell them about what we got coming up next week, Josh. Next week, guys, well, return of Radio Comtech. John has gone ahead and given us some really cool stuff. And this is one that you don't want to miss out on. We're gonna actually going to have some video to go along with this. And so that's going to be an incentive for you guys to join in on the live show. So make sure you don't miss out episode 129 for uh, Radio Comtech, return of that, as well as the Amazon You Bought What. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a, a, a multiple parter because I think this was uh, part one of two that he's provided this. So uh, I think it's going to be probably uh, 129 and 130, but we'll know more as we uh, as we move along. So, uh, oh, also too, want to rewind a bit and remind you guys to uh, give us a five star review on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, I went over to Tuned In, Josh. They have a really nice uh, web page where you can listen to the the, uh, the the episodes there. I thought that was uh, really neat, uh, very Stitcherish, uh, a little different, but. Uh, it uh, starts playing immediately, uh, and we'll uh, make sure we get the tuned-in link for the show in the show notes. Hey, let's move over to our voicemails. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Hey guys, my name is Jesse Ryder, uh, owner of Team XJR Racing. Um, I got referred to you guys after I shared some pictures on XJ site. Um, we're building the fastest naturally aspirated four-liter XJ in the country right now. We plan on setting the record in August. And um, I was wondering if you guys could get back to me with your email address so I can share uh, some pictures and some info on the build and see if you guys want to do an interview or something. Or you can like my page on Facebook, Team XJR. Have a good day, and thank you very much. Yep, I've already uh, chatted with uh, Jesse there on Facebook, and uh, we've, uh, we're going to set up a time to do an interview, and he's already provided me with uh, lots of good pictures of uh, his Jeep Cherokee and uh, a lot of the engine uh, pictures. It's kind of a, a cool thing. I, I believe I'm not, I don't think I'll give away anything here, but he's yeah, currently say, in, don't, don't spoil it. Cause he, this sounds just, yeah, cool. he's, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a total gearhead. And so when I heard the fastest nas, nas, uh, naturally aspirated four liter, I, I got tingles up the back of my spine. Dude, that's just cool as hell. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think he said it there, but uh, they're currently in 13s and they're shooting for 11s. Wow. Yep. Well, can't wait to hey. uh, to hear that interview if we get to that. So uh, keep up the good work, guys. Hey, guys. This is 
take two. I just want to let you know I did the hub and bearing assembly on both left and right on my 99XJ, best Cherokee, and I uh, got rid of my growling sound, and I got the U-joints uh, to replace as well, but kind of wussied out and didn't do those yet, but successful. Sounds like a brand new truck, and just want to let you know when I'm riding my Triumph on the... Uh, the highway, uh, every time I see one of those new Cherokees, I uh, kind of give it the finger <laughs> behind my uh, hand guard as I go down the road, as I shake my head. So keep up the good work, and uh, hopefully don't have to report to you any more fixes in the near future. But talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Well, hey, K2, thanks for calling in and, and giving us the update on your Jeep anytime, buddy. You go ahead and just uh, dial that number and, uh, and leave us an update anytime you like and, and keep the ride and, and keep the rubber side down. Yeah, thanks for calling. Hey, this is Nikki G. Uh, I just got that uh, nasty exhaust leak, the little cracking uh, dust asshole that it seems like every one of them has eventually. I uh, lived with it about as long as I could. It, makes it very difficult for me to sneak up on people. <laughs> so I'm tearing into it, and of course the manifold steps are just rusted on. I'm trying to crack those off. You know, I guess my question is, if we, if we could put man on the moon, why can't we put metal in a microwave? <laughs> I got it all. That's right. I have a good one. My you know, I, I noticed that uh, this phone call from Nikki G didn't have the, the several uh, almost dolphin-like clicks and things at the very end. He was calling from a different phone, and you could uh, tell the uh, audio was, was difficult to hear on that. So it's not you guys. It's not your stereo setup. That, that was a different phone that Nikki G was calling on. And here we have another one from, uh, from K2. Hey, guys. This is K2 again. Uh, just want to see... I got a 99 Jeep Cherokee. Um, I was just wondering, uh, interested in maybe getting a TJ. Can you see if you guys recommend a certain year TJ? Um, I'm kind of leaning toward maybe a 97 if I can find one at a decent price. But um need to see if you had any recommendations for one that had a good suspension package or... Um, anything that's of a, a great, you know, decision maker for picking a TJ. Um, but, uh, love the show. Keep up good work. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, so, I got some advice for K2 in that regard. Uh, as far as the TJs go, I, really any one of them are, are really good. I would stay away from the 2003s, though. The 2003 TJs were a one-year TJ. And even though they have a lot of the similarities in the XJ, a four-liter automatic transmission, Dana 30, Dana 35, yada, yada, uh, same with the NP231 or NV231 transfer case. You know, there's a lot of similarities between the XJs and the TJs. However... The TJs had a lot of one-year-only technology put in them on the 2003 models. And getting in with some modification to those in a build later on, well, you know, you're going to run into some snags, some problems, and some very hard time finding some parts. So if you're looking for a TJ, I would recommend staying away from a 2003 only because of the one-year-only technology that went into some of those. 
So uh, I'm, you got me curious. What what about the 2003? Do you know anything right off the top of your head? Because I yeah, haven't seen the, I haven't so, seen anything that on our 2003. So the transmission, for instance, on the 2003 um, has an adjustment on it, which can uh, it's it's kind of like the timing on the solenoids from how it, how it's been explained to me the way that it shifts through gears, and it's it's kind of a it's actually a way to manually adjust the shift points. Oh, you're talking on, about an automatic. That, on the automatics only, okay, yeah, on yeah. The, the auto automatics only. That I mean, that that's just that's just one thing. Uh, some of the electricals are a little bit different uh, from any of the other years. So you know, there's just I mean, it it is subtle things. But when you start getting into a build and you're looking at things that are compatible with mm -hmm. virtually every other vehicle or transfer case or transmission, you're going to run into some things where not available for 2003. You're going to start seeing that. Just start looking around for 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 parts like you would for your XJ. Doing some window shopping, start looking around the 2003 TJs. You're going to find some stuff that's not available for the 2003s. Well, now I have seen that the the parts will go to 2002, and then uh, 2003 through 2006 are all grouped together on everything that I've looked at. Um, uh, one thing I was told whenever I was out looking for a TJ for my wife was to get an LJ because uh, it's longer and has a you know longer wheelbase, makes it easier to wheel. And uh, the other thing was to get a six-speed manual transmission. So uh, those yeah, might be that, two things that, you want to look at. Yeah, that first gear in the six-speed manual transmissions is way low. Mm -hmm. So you get a fantastic crawl ratio just out of the transmission side of it before you even get to the transfer case and the axles. Yep, yep. Hey, uh, so I wanted to mention the XJ Talk Show has now hit 50 playlists in Stitcher. That's uh, to me anyway. That means there's 50 people that have put the XG Talk Show in their playlist. So, man, I thought that was great. And I think the last time I checked, it was around 32, 36, Josh. So it's a big jump. Fantastic, guys. Keep up that good work. We always encourage you guys to tell a friend. Start bragging about the awesome podcast you guys are listening to. We love to uh, get those numbers bumped up. Hey, we're just climbing the charts here. Well, I want to thank you guys for be, being here for our uh, episode 128. Don't forget about episode 129. Same XJ channel, same XJ time, which is Thursdays, 10 p.m., right here on youtube.com slash Talk. And, of course, you can always find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Zoom. Don't you make a joke, Josh. Yeah. Uh, tune in and <laughs> all those great places. We're everywhere. You yeah, can, we are just about everywhere. All the social media, guys, we yeah. have it covered. Facebook, Twitter, you name it. And, of course, iTunes. We are here every Thursday night, 10 p.m. Central. I know we've gotten a late start every now and again, guys. We're working on that. So, But Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Central. Check us out on YouTube. We have a whole channel here. Tony's always putting up some cool videos. I'll make sure to try and get some of my videos linked over there as well. That'd be great. Hey, we've uh, brought in our, uh, our two callers uh, from uh, uh, our chat room, our voice chat room. Uh, you guys, we want to bring you in here for the last part of the show where you can say goodbye to our audience. Any any words of wisdom? Stunned silence. Say it again, Audrey. Is that are there two of us that are supposed to talk at the same exact time? <laughs> sure, Maybe why not? We run a professional show here. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> My words of wisdom are... Never let your XJ die before you do. <laughs> Just hey, kidding. Those are great words. I like that right there. And I don't know who the other caller is. Do you have any words of wisdom? Who are we talking to anyway? This is Katie May. Katie May? 
Katie May. Yes. Well, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. No, I got a little shy there at the end. Well, it sounded like Katie May had a question for us. Katie, if you're still there, go ahead and uh, and pipe up and uh, let us know what that question was. Well, a little phone shy, no problem. We're going to have this call-in line. We're going to try and do this every episode. We'll see how that goes for now. Uh, guys, the live call-in number for the live shows, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Central, 267-507-0240. Write down this code. You're going to need it, 219-835. That's how you connect to us live on the air, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Central. Our 24-7 voicemail line open, 24-7. All you got to do is call, leave a message, 503 503- Six seven five four one zero two. That's five three zero. I'm sorry, five three zero six seven five four one zero two. That if you uh, do it the other number, well, you're going to end up not connecting to us. No, but let us know how the conversation goes. Yeah, really, you record that one. It should be interesting. <laughs> hey, you guys have a great Jeep week. Thank you.